Hi there! There's been a bright spot in our collective isolation, and I'm sure you've seen it sprout everywhere on your social media feeds. You guessed it right, it's planting. Many people have added members to their families in the form of plants. Now, the Bible is replete with stories and metaphors about this discipline as old as mankind itself. There's a lot to learn from plants and the way they grow, and many times they mirror the journey of our spiritual lives as well. You are now listening to part 6 of our sermon series, The New Normal, and today we're looking at the principles of planting in the Bible, hoping to water our own souls with nourishment from the Word. Let us now listen to Pastor Maki. So once again, happy Sunday, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Welcome to Bradford Church. Welcome to our online worship service. And today we continue with our series, The New Normal. The New Normal. And this new normal is brought to us because of this COVID-19 pandemic. And it has literally changed our lives, not just here in the Philippines, but globally. Things changed when this virus came to this world. And in this series, we talk about, uh, you know, social distancing as part of the new normal, frequent washing of hands so that we can prevent ourselves from being infected. And then in this new normal also, we, we practice work from home. We are stuck at home. We do all things at home, and even our worship services are held at home. It's like we are going back to the New Testament church in which believers in the first century, first and second century of the church, they gathered together, they met in their homes for worship. And then we also talk about uh, frontliners. We praise God for the frontliners, not just doctors and nurses, but those men and women who continue to work so that basic services can be provided for all of us. So we praise God for frontliners. It's one of the new normal things that we have these days. And then last Sunday, we talked about online worship. As part of this new normal, instead of gathering together in our uh, church sanctuary, we simply worship the Lord in our homes. And last week, we, we talked about biblical principles on worship. Remember that worship is not what we get you know, from the service. It's what we give. Many times, people have this wrong uh, perception of worship. We thought that worship is, you know, as we listen, as we watch, it's taking, it's, it's getting something. No, it is what we give to the Lord. While it is important that we get something from the message, but worship is what we offer to the Lord. It is the giving of honor and reverence. And so I hope that as we continue our online worship today, we are giving God our honor. We give Him the right attitude. We give Him authentic and, uh, you know, worship that is accurate. That's what we've learned last Sunday. Now, part of the new normal these days, as, as this time of pandemic has led most of us stuck at home, people are suddenly going what? Home planting and gardening. Yes, that's true. Social media in this last three or four months is flooded with pictures about people doing their home gardening and planting. Suddenly there is this, uh, this mania for plants and vegetables at home. And that brings us to the sixth part of our uh, new normal, planting. <laughs> what is this word? Okay, this is something new, right? Okay, planting. What is planting? Now, I tried to Google. Okay, if you try to Google planting, okay, 
Notice this will provide you if you click, if you type there parenting and then click images, and you will be surprised that this will be the pictures that will come out. <laughs> pictures of, of nice, you know, home plans, interior plans, arranging plans. Okay? So parenting, what is this new word? that we find in social media these days as you know the hashtag planting it's actually a combination of the words planting and parenting can you imagine how people these days come up with new words planting and then parenting and then combine them together and you get the word planting okay planting so basically what is planting Parenting is the habit of what? Of planting. It's basically home gardening. It's basically, you know, coming up with plants and, and taking care of them as if you are a parent, taking care of our plants as if they are our children. So that's parenting, right? And we find in Facebook and in Instagram, people are posting their nice plants you know coming in different pots and containers and colorful plants in fact you know my wife started also to to do this at home right so we are people now are in the habit of 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 putting you know plants in nice containers and and making them part of our house a decoration so i while people are locked at home you know we we really come up with ways to cope with with the boredom and how to keep ourselves healthy during this pandemic so look at this nice plants right and and these plants are enhanced when you plant them in in nice jars or or containers okay and some of them are flowering plants suddenly houses now become what a nice uh, a nice place to find beautiful plants so that is planting so along with this planting uh, people are exchanging bartering plants and some are selling some are buying plants so now People are busy at home. And I think this is a good habit. Planting is a good habit. Home gardening is a good habit to do while we, can, while we are stuck at home and we have nothing to do. Planting is a good, and you know, it's, it's therapeutic. Now, in, in a website about about planting and gardening it says there gardening will keep you well during the coronavirus pandemic in fact uh, a a specialist on plants and therapy says in the garden nature goes on it gets your mind off a lot of other things and i think it's true i think it's true i believe in it you know nature god's nature god's creation is is a medicine you know when when our minds are are so you know clouded with all the problems around us and when we look at nature when we look at the beauty of, of god's creation like plants ornamental plants you know it it gets our minds off a lot of the problems it gives us you know a therapy and friends I'm not going to teach you about planting today, okay? So why we talk about planting? Because in the Bible, in the Bible, do you know that the, the spiritual life, the spiritual growth of a believer is illustrated, you know, in many places in the Bible, you know, like planting, so the main idea of our message today as part six of our new normal is the cultivation of our personal you know, and spiritual life. 
cultivating one's spiritual life is like planting. In several places in the scripture, we find that the spiritual growth of the believer is illustrated, you know, by things that pertains to farming, to planting. And that is what we're going to learn, you know, today. Psalms chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law He meditates day and night. And notice this, the, the blessed man, his growth as a believer. Notice this in verse 3, He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruits in season, and whose leaf does not wither, Whatever they do prospers. You see? The, the Christian life is illustrated by uh, these metaphors of planting and gardening. In John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, even our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in talking about remaining in Him, He uses the metaphor of, of gardening. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my Father is, take note of that word, gardener. You see? Even our relationship with the Father is illustrated like what? It's like gardening. The Father is the gardener. Jesus Christ is the vine. We are the branches. And the work of the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So today, we are going to talk about spiritual parenting. Alright? Now, as I was trying to, to research in the internet on, you know, how to start, how to start home gardening. You know, how, how can I have, you know, a, a you know, a good step, you know, practical steps on how to do parenting. Now, I noticed this very interesting thing. What is true to planting, listen, what is true to planting is also true to our spiritual planting. In other words, brethren, the steps in planting, you know, ornamental plants and vegetables and fruit, it's basically the same steps in our spiritual life. No wonder the Bible uses, uses planting and farming and gardening as a way to illustrate the life of the believer. And so today, I am going to teach you how to start spiritual planting or spiritual parenting. As I have said, the steps in Planting is basically or more or less the same as the steps in our spiritual planting. So in this message, I am going to teach you the seven steps, seven steps on how we do spiritual planting. How do we cultivate our inner life? How do we cultivate our spiritual life? Friends, in these times of pandemic, it's so easy for us to be caught in the trap of anxieties and fears and worries. It's so easy for us to be dragged by the neg negative things that's going on around us. But we have to be like a tree planted, according to David in Psalm chapter 1. God wants us to become like a tree planted in the streams of water. In other words, our roots, you know, really go deep to the source of water. And you know the result? We bear fruit in season. We are always green. And it's talking about our Christian life is thriving. We don't have to go with the, so many negative things happening in the world today. We can thrive and not just survive. And we can do that when we take the responsibility of cultivating our spiritual life. All right? So uh, 
I, I, I divided our message. I cannot give you all the seven steps today. So we are going to learn the first four steps today. And then next Sunday, we are going to learn the three remaining steps. All right? So I want you to be excited. Please prepare your sermon notes. Because we are going to do spiritual gardening. All right? We are going to do spiritual planting. And here's the first step. Okay, here's the first step. Step number one, prepare the seed and the soil. That's the first step. If you want to do home gardening, if you want to do spiritual parenting, the first step is to prepare the seed and the soil. Prepare the seed and the soil. And you, you can immediately... You know, you can immediately remember that Jesus Christ was teaching a parable about a farmer planting a seed. And remember that parable, the parable of the sower? It's actually found in the, in the Synoptic Gospels in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I will take the Gospel of Luke as our text. Okay, Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8 beginning at verse 5. And this is the parable of the sower. According to Jesus, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Now if we jump to, to verse 11, we find here the explanation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, We don't have to, to study the meaning because in this parable, Jesus himself gave us the interpretation of the parable. And this is what Jesus said in verse 11. Notice this. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Now again, in this parable, it is important to understand what is Jesus Christ talking here. He is talking here about the beginning of our spiritual life, the beginning of the Christian life. It starts with the seed. All right? Now, it's it, Jesus Christ saying here, the seed is the word of God. So, our Christian life, friends, starts with the word. The seed, it germinates. That's where the, the Christian life begins, when God plants the word, you know, in our hearts. Now, what about the soil? Okay, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. So it's quite obvious that the soil represents what? The heart. So again, uh, I'm not going to explain to you the whole parable. I am just going to explain to you the connection of the seed and the soil. The parable is teaching that there are four kinds of people. This Four kinds of people is represented by the four kinds of soil. There's the soil in the pathway, there's the rocky soil, there's the thorny soil, and there's the good soil. Look at verse 15, the good soil. But the seed on the good soil stands for those, take note, with a noble and good heart. They stand, you know, for those with a noble and good heart who hears the word, retains it, and by persevering, produces a crop. All right? So the three components of this parable is that, you know, there's the sower, of course, that's Jesus, refers to Jesus, and then the seed is the word of God, and then the soil is the heart. Now, Jesus Christ is teaching us here, that's how a, our Christian life begins. Right? God is the one sowing the seed. He gives us the word. Now, there are four kinds of people. Some people, they hear it, but then, because it's, their hearts are the, like the path, it's so coarse and hard, 
The word of God cannot penetrate, and so they reject it. Others, rocky soil. First, it, it receives it, but then, because it has less soil, more rocks, it will not survive. And others, with those in the thorn. And this refers to a heart that is filled with what? With the concerns of this world, with, with the pleasures of this world. It, it, it chokes the word of God. You know, it's like it is competing. And this person is so caught up with all the things of this world that the seed cannot grow. But then there is a good soil that receives the word. So friends, that's how we start our spiritual life. We need to have a heart that is noble, you know, willing to receive God's word. In other words, faith comes from where? From hearing. That's what the Bible says. Right? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing. And so it's important that we hear God's word because that is how our spiritual life begins. Friends, if you are not yet a believer, if you are not yet a Christian, you can make that confession of faith today. Right? You simply receive the gospel. And friends, the gospel is Christ also. He is, he is the gospel. Remember, in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse... Uh, if you jump to verse uh, 14, it says the word became flesh. Friends, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the gospel. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that's the beginning of your spiritual life. That's how we begin. Again, if there, there is someone here watching and listening, if you are not sure if you're a Christian already, then let me invite you, right? Let me invite you to receive, receive the gospel, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you will start your spiritual walk with God. You can do that today. You know, after the service, you, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I am going to lead you to that prayer later on, all right? So that's the first step in planting okay if you ask a farmer how do you start planting you need to start with a seed prepare the seed and you prepare the soil again the soil our heart and my question for you brethren today is your heart noble is your heart you know willing to receive god's word how's the condition of your heart today okay is your heart like that of the road or the rocky soil, or the thorny soil. I hope that your heart is willing, right? Your heart is conducive to, to welcome, to receive the Word of God. Amen? Now let's go to step number two. The second step in home gardening or planting is to pick the right container. Pick the right container. That's the second step. Okay? The container is so essential to home planting. You see? Even if you have a very nice plant, but if, if the kind of container you are using is so bad, you know, it's not, it's not giving adequate space, it's not giving enough soil for the plant, it doesn't work. Alright? Now, Home planting and home gardening is made beautiful. It is, you know, it's so sophisticated these days. Why? Because we don't just use the ordinary pots for the plants, but we use ceramics, you know? And, and the plant's beauty are being enhanced with the container. And these days, you have a whole sort of so many nice containers for our plants from ceramics to you know what some of them are plastic right so nice so beautiful and you can you can use any of this and match them with a plant and you can have beautiful uh, 
interior plants at home, okay, with the specific jar that you want to place them. Now, in planting, friends, the container is so important. That's why you have to pick the right. You have to choose the right container, not just, not just for, for you know, aesthetic purposes, but also for practical purposes, okay? Now, what is that to our spiritual life? When we talk about our spiritual life, what is container? Okay, container, friends, in our spiritual life refers to the environment. Okay, it refers to the surrounding that we put ourselves. All right, now let me quote first the verse so that you will understand what I'm talking here. Now, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is in the uh, J.B. Phillips translation. All right, this gives us you know, the beauty of this verse. Romans 12, 2, don't let the world around you, notice this, squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. Notice this, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. So the idea here, friends, is that the world, all right, the world is trying to what? To squeeze us, trying to shape us, shape us to its mold. And the Bible says, do not. You see? Once that now that the, the gospel has been planted in your heart, you have to be placed in the right environment. Alright? Again, going back to the parable of Jesus Christ. If your environment is the rocks, alright? It will not be good for your growth. You will not grow mature in your spiritual life. If your environment is among the thorns, your spiritual life cannot grow either. That's why the container, it refers to our environment. It, in, it, it refers to the kind of people that we surround ourselves. That is equally important in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Right? The Bible says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that, okay, notice the so that, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, it meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. You see? The goal is for us to mature. We mature when our environment where we place ourselves is also conducive to our growth. In the New Century Version, this is how that verse is being written. Do not be shaped. I like that, I like that phrase. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a, a new way of thinking. Again, the idea here, St. Paul says that the world is a force. You know, there's the forces of evil that is trying to shape the way we think, the way we behave, you know. And, and the evil forces is using what? The media, books, movies, music, trying to shape the way we think. And if we allow the world to, to capture our minds, to influence us, then what will happen to our spiritual walk with God? It will be hampered. It will be hampered. Alright? Now, notice Psalm. Okay, let's go back to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, talking about the blessed man. Alright? Blessed is the man. And notice the three verbs here. Okay? A man is blessed when he does not do these three things. Okay? Blessed is the man who does not take note. First one, does not walk. Does not walk in the step with the wicked. Okay? So first, you have to stay away from walking with the wicked. Second step, or stand in the way of the sinners. Notice the progression here. God is telling us, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be like a tree planted besides the streams of water, do not walk in step with the wicked. Do not stand in 
the ways of sinners. So first, you walk and then you stand. The third, or sit in the company of mockers. So first, you are walking with them. Now you're standing by with them. Third, now you're sitting. So the idea here is this. If you want to live, you know, fruitful lives, prosperous life as a Christian, right? Stay away from these people. Don't walk with them. See? Pick the right container. Pick the right environment. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 and 15 in the New, Livi in the New Living Translation. And this is very important principle. My child, if sinners entice you, if sinners entice you, if your friends, if your BI friends, what is BI? Bad influence friends. You know what the Bible is saying? Turn your back on them. Alright? Turn your back on them. If they invite you, if they entice you, turn your back on them. Don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths. See, the Bible is very clear. If we want to cultivate our spiritual life, we have to turn our backs from what? The sinners. In other words, don't go along with them. Stay away from their paths. That's what, that's what Solomon said. In, no? in, in Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Very important principle. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of the fool suffers harm. See? Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of the fool suffers harm. You know, that common saying, uh, tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. That's very true. <laughs> I think it's, it's, based on, it's based on this Proverbs. See? If, if you always hang out with foolish people, the Bible says you will become foolish. If you hang out with the wise people, you will become wise. See? So the same thing. If, if we consider our spiritual life like planting, we have to pick the right container. In other words, we need to put ourselves in the right environment. Friends, okay, believers, brothers and sisters in the Lord, make sure that you are in the right company. Amen? Make sure that the people you call friends, you have the same conviction that these people love God, that these people obey God, that these people will, will help you grow in your spiritual walk with God. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's what the Bible says. Bad company corrupts good character. See? Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous choose their friends carefully. I love this. The righteous choose their friends carefully. Now, brethren, what kind of people you surround yourself with? You know? Who are the people that influences your life? See? It's so important. Because the people that you surround yourself with, these are the people that will what? That will shape you, that will mold you. See? If you surround yourselves with godly men and women, then chances are you are on the right path. Right? You are on the right path. But if you surround yourself with sinners, you know, with adulterers, with worldly people, with mockers, then that will be the mold that you have chosen. Pick the right container. Put yourself, brethren. And that is why it's so important that here in Bradford Church, we encourage you to be part of a small group. Okay? If you listen to the testimonies of those, you know, people that joined our big groups, how the B group supported them, how the B group helped them in their walk with the Lord. The benefits are tremendous, brethren. 
So if you don't have a B group yet, I challenge you, right? Call me, message me, or message the church through our Facebook page so that we can help you in your spiritual walk with the Lord, all right? So that's the second step. Pick the right container. Put yourself, brethren, in the right environment. Surround yourself. Choose your friends carefully. Okay? Now, I am not saying that if you're a Christian, you, 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 you will stop relating with unbelievers. No, that's not my point. We continue to relate with them so that we can influence them. But it's different when you surround yourself with people that you call your close friends. People that will influence you. When you are down, you know who these people are who will give you counsel. So be careful where you seek your counsel. Make sure that you're surrounded with Christian and godly friends. Amen? Now we go to step number three. Okay, going back to planting. So first, you prepare the seed, the word of God, and then the soil, your heart. So it starts from the heart. It is in the heart that the gospel is planted. And then you pick the right container. You surround yourself. You have to be part of, of a godly community. And by the way, on September, we are going to talk about community, 40 days of community, the importance of being part of a Christian community. All right? That's what we are going to talk about and discuss for the next 40 days you know, on September. The third step is provide daily care. It's one thing to prepare the planting. It's another thing to maintain it. Some people, they are very good in planting but very bad in maintaining. That's why the, 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 the plant will die. Right? So, you know, I'm not a farmer, but I think these are the basic. You know, I'm just googling these things I search them and these are the three basic needs for growth there are more but these are the three basic needs for growth of plants sunlight of course sunlight very important water and fertilizer these three okay if you if you want to do your home gardening or do parenting Make sure that you provide plant adequate sunlight. Of course, don't, don't overexpose them to the sun. They will be scorched and they will wither. Water, but also do not overwater them. And then fertilizer. These are the three basic needs for growth. Now, friends, in our spiritual life, these three in the Bible, okay, these are also symbols of spiritual disciplines. There has to be spiritual maintenance, right? The Christian life is not just receiving the gospel and then do nothing, no. The Christian life is you receive the word of God, but then that word has to be maintained in our hearts. Now, what are these three basic needs for growth? Sunlight, sun, you know, the sun, light in the Bible, it speaks of the truth, the truth of God's word. It gives light to our soul, right? Water, it is symbolized. It is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And later on, I will tell you. And then fertilizer, you know, I'd like to use fertilizer as a symbol for what? For prayer. So these three basic disciplines in order to maintain our spiritual growth, all right? Truth, the Word, Holy Spirit, we have to be filled and prayer. Now first, the truth. Okay, let's go back to our main text, Psalm chapter 1. Remember, chapter 1, verse 1 says, The blessed man does not walk with the sinners or, or stand with them or sit with them. Okay, but look at verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. On his law he meditates day and night. Right? That's spiritual discipline. The man who wants to become like a tree, a strong and fruitful tree, the Bible says his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. Friends, day and night. 
That's maintenance. When we meditate on the law of the Lord, when we meditate on the word of God, you know what is the result? That's verse 3. That's the illustration. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. So what is the, what is the significance of streams of water? It means there's what? There's constant supply of water. And notice the result. It yields fruits in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. This simply illustrates what? The healthy Christian life. A healthy Christian life is what? Meditating on God's word day and night. Right? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the Corinthians. And you know, in, in Corinth, there were so many, they were, you know, as the Christians, as the church grew, Paul mentions you know, that their spiritual journey, their spiritual growth, right, was initiated by two apostles. Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. See, notice the, the metaphor that Paul used in talking about the growth of the church. I planted the seed, in other words, it was St. Paul who shared the gospel to the Corinthian church, to the, the Christians in Corinth. But then another brother by the name of Apollos, watered it. In other words, Paul initiated the sharing of the gospel, but then another disciple do the maintenance, the watering. See? So, it's watering is used in the Bible as an illustration of what? Of maintenance. Now, what is water in the Bible? Okay, let's go to John chapter 4, verse 14. If you remember, Last Sunday, we talked about John 4. Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Before Jesus was talking about worship, Jesus offered the woman the water, the living water. Notice verse 14. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them what? String of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus is saying, Jesus is not saying, I am the water. Jesus is saying, I will give them this living water. Now there, Jesus did not bother to explain what is this water. But in the preceding chapter, Jesus explained it. Look at John chapter 7. Look at John 7, 38 to 39. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And here's the explanation. By this, he meant the Spirit. You see? When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus gave us something to nourish us, to keep us fresh. Right? To hydrate our spiritual life so that we will not be thirsty. And what is that? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, friends, is our daily source of spiritual water. See, why is it so important? Because every day we meet challenges. Every day we are tempted by the enemy. Every day we fight our spiritual battles. And when we do this, we got thirsty we we become dehydrated spiritually but friends if we walk by the spirit if we seek the holy spirit's empowerment and filling you know what will happen rivers of living water will flow from within them amen the holy spirit has been given to us by our lord jesus christ all you have to do is to ask for jesus to refill us it's in Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, notice this, be filled with the Spirit. This is a command. Be filled with the Spirit. In other words, let the Holy Spirit take control of you. Alright? It's, and it's something that we have to ask. So, we need, we need a daily dose of the truth, the Word of God. We need 
the filling, you know, and refilling. How, how often do you refill your water at home? You know, in our case, we, I think we only have four, four bottles, so we have to refill it every week. Friends, we have to refill our lives daily. Okay? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to refill ourselves with the Spirit every day because every day we, we get what? Spiritual dehydration. Right? And the third, the third maintenance, right? Luke 22, 39 to 40 is prayer. Okay? Prayer. We cannot underestimate prayer. You know, we, we had uh, 40 days of prayer last year. Prayer is vital to our spiritual growth. Look at Jesus. Jesus is our model. And he came out and went, notice this, as, as was his custom. What do you mean by that? As was his custom. In other words, that was the usual thing he did. In other words, it's talking about his daily routine. To the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And this is, after saying this, Jesus Christ prayed. Friends, that was the custom of our Lord. Part of his daily maintenance. Word, spirit, prayer. Right? So don't forget that. That's our daily maintenance so that we are going to be, we will stay beautiful spiritually, we will still stay healthy spiritually, and we become fruitful spiritually. Word, spirit, prayer. Right? Word, spirit, and prayer. Step number four. Right? Step number four, and we will end here. Pray for God to make it grow. Pray for God to make you grow. We have to pray, Lord, make me grow. Lord, I'm reading your word. Lord, I'm seeking for the spirit. Lord, I am praying. And what should you pray about? Pray that God will make it grow. Just like farmers, Christian farmers, you know, before they plant, they pray. As they plant, they pray. And as they wait for their plants to grow, they continue to pray. Again, go back to 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7, to using the metaphor of planting about the growth of the church. Again, Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts. See this? Seed, heart. See? Soil, heart. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. You see? God made it grow. It is God who causes the growth. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Friends, that's the important thing. Only God can make us grow. Therefore, it is imperative. It is so important, brethren, that we grow in the Lord. And that growth is something divine. Something that we need to ask God. Only God makes the seed grow. In other words, it's, it's, it's a divine thing. It's a divine thing. That's the same way with seeds. It's, you know, it, it remains a mystery. You know, a seed, it has to die according to Jesus, and then you have to throw it in the soil. But then that dead seed will grow. And no one can explain it. It's nature. It's God. And the same thing, friends. Who makes the gospel germinate in our hearts? Only God can do that. And that is why we need to ask God. If you want to become a beautiful, fruitful, and thriving Christian, always pray that God will make you grow. Amen? Now, we are going to finish the other three steps. I'm excited, and I want you to be excited for the, the other three steps. We finished the first four steps today. Let's recap. First, 
we have to prepare the seed and the soil, referring to the gospel, the word of God, and our heart. We have to prepare our heart. We have to pick the right container. You have to put yourself in the right surrounding. Surround yourself with godly people. And then number three, provide daily care. What is the daily care for us uh, Christians? Truth, filling of the Spirit, prayer. And then four, pray for God to make it grow. Pray for God to make it grow. Let me close with Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. Even in the Old Testament, the Christian life is likened to what? A plant, a tree. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. That's faith. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted. You see? Our faith in the Lord is like a tree planted. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green, meaning to say you are always thriving. You are not afraid when there will be drought, when there will be no rain. You, you are not afraid. Why? Because you are deeply rooted with, in God. Amen? It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. See? If your confidence is in God, if you put your faith in God, you are like the tree. Okay? Always green, always watered, and always bearing fruit in season. So my challenge for you, brothers and sisters in the Lord, cultivate your spiritual life. As you take time to do planting, as you take time to do planting at home, that's a good habit. But more than planting, you know, plants and ornamental plants, cultivate your spiritual life, brethren. That's the most important thing. Make your life as beautiful as the plants that you are planting. Amen? So next week, we are going to finish planting part two. Right? So stick with us and let's learn how to grow our spiritual life, how to cultivate our spiritual life. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to this podcast to get weekly sermons and follow us on Facebook to stay updated. God bless you today.